Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Well, hello, everybody. We are back. It's the long run live stream and podcast brought to you by the 40 Runs Running Community. I'm Ian Wilkinson. Lovely to join you again on a Friday night. And uh, we've got a couple of special guests. This Chris, unfortunately, can't be with us. Toby's tucked away behind the camera this week because we've got so many more interesting people that we'd like to get on that we'd have them and brought them to you as well. So um, Simon's with us, who made a brief appearance before Christmas. Um, relatively new 40 runner. He had his Christmas decorations up last time and we had a big sort of moose's head on his window. So he stuck his ears on him for that one. But um, we do mean him well, you know, we do like the bloke. So we thought we'd invite him back and alongside him to bring some uh, technical advice and uh, kudos to the uh, proceedings. Uh, we're joined by Monica Blackburn, who's a um, an osteopath. And uh, we wanted to go through a few um, injury-related um, topics and um, see if we can enlighten you and help you out if you've got injuries or particularly if you're um, if you're looking to prevent injuries and looking at methods that well, you can avoid going to see Monica so that you don't actually have to go to the osteopath or the physio. So thanks ever so much for joining us, Monica. Thanks for coming. Oh, thanks for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Thanks very much. Al, how you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Um, had a good busy week. Um, just really getting stuck into marathon training now. This is the first time since July. Yeah, since July, I've managed a 40 mile rolling seven days. So uh, oh, you're back in the game, mate. Oh, it's a feel it. So I've got loads of questions for you, Monica. What about all my aches and pains? No, no, no. Ready for that's, them. I'm ready. That's just old age. I was um, going to say, are they age related? Probably. Yeah, I've. Um, <laughs> I had to cut the new jobs this week, so it's been quite exciting. Um, and, you know, today, you know, celebrating World Cancer Day. Um, the reason I, I, I kind of raised that is 
it struck me when I was looking at that that um, a lot of our community will have come together because they've started running in aid of charities, uh, in particular cancer being a big one. So, you know, a lot of people um, will have started their running journey because of their motivation to do something and give something back. So I thought it was kind of, you know, worth recognising that today and on all the great efforts that, that many of our runners um, do in terms of, of, of those achievements. Particularly, as we know, we're going to be London ballot soon and there's going to be, you know, thousands of runners running for charities and, and cancer. Well, it's particularly pertinent as well. I mean, the cancer research is doing them. Um, it's the winter run next the week. winter run in a couple of weeks and we'll it's be supporting event. that as a community, both as runners and volunteers. Um, and we're helping, you know, we're helping to, to raise some really difficult conversations. You know, we joked about it a couple of weeks ago when Manscape approached us about possibly, you know, supporting this podcast. But if you don't know, that organisation does a huge amount of work around testicular cancer. And for us boys, you know, we're probably not the best at talking about some of these issues. So if this conversation and this podcast can help do some stuff around some of those difficult health topics, you know, I think, you know, that's that's a great thing for us to be doing. And I just wanted to put it out there today that World Cancer Day is really important. And, you know, we're putting some great efforts out to, to support things across the piece. Yeah, Sorry, it's a great point. Are over. Got carried away. Great point. Well made, mate. That's that's really good. Um, Monica's with us. And we wanted to, um, if you've got a question, could you uh, send it to us on um, on Facebook or YouTube, whatever your thing. If you start your comment with Q, then Al can scroll them down and then we can try and work our way through as many as we possibly can. So um, we'll start. I have a chat with uh, Monica now. Um, thanks ever so much for joining us again, Monica. Um, thanks for having me. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So I'm an osteopath. I've been practicing for over 10 years now. Um, a lot of people still don't know what an osteopath is, but we're musculoskeletal health uh, specialists. So in the same realm as a physio or a chiropractor, um, we're medically trained. So it's a four-year degree. Um, and we treat all sorts of things from back pain, neck pain, sports injuries, runner's knee, hamstring issues, sprained ankles. Basically, if you've got an issue in your body, we can more than likely help. And if we can't help, we will refer you on to someone who can. Um, so I am a runner myself, but also enjoy an active lifestyle. So over the years have kind of angled myself in my practice to treating a lot of active people and a lot of runners because you just yeah. kind of find people who um you know are like-minded and such so i've over the years kind of found my way into the running communities i suppose it's not <laughs> i'm not the best of runners myself I but i love it you know <laughs> so what are the most what are the most sort of common injuries that you um come across from the people in the running community so i would say kind of the most most common things are from people doing too much too soon so you've got your like your newbie runner or starting a new training plan who goes too much too quickly so things within that realm you see a lot of shin splints which is kind of a reaction uh, the body's reaction to it not adapting quick enough for the load that you're putting it under um, so I see a lot of shin splints, which can be at the front of the 
Um, I was going to say thigh. That's wrong. Front of the uh, shin. You can tell it's Friday night. Yeah, yeah. She knows what she's talking about, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come see me. <laughs> um, so you can either have anterior shin splints, which are at the front of the shin, which is always the tibialis anterior muscle, or posterior shin splints, which is at the back of the shin, which kind of going into the calf muscle. And that's usually the uh, tibialis posterior. Um these are so common in runners that are either, like I said, just starting out or changing something within their um, uh, training plan. So if you change your duration, your frequency, your intensity, so something within there has changed and you're kind of increasing. Um, and it's a response, the body's response to you get like these little micro tears and the muscles where they're attaching into the bones. And um, it's kind of an inflammatory response and you just need to kind of bring it back again. Um, so you kind of have to slow down a little bit and remember, especially with, say, long runs, you know, you keep to that increasing by 10 percent a week, not mm -hmm. trying to go too much too quickly, which we all do. Um, so that's a really common one is the shin splints. Um, I see lots of knee problems, runner's knee, which is kind of the layman's terms, um, pain on the outside of the knee, which is usually where like the IT band is attaching into the outside of the knee, um, or tendon issues around the patella as well. Um, and most of the time, the knee problems are kind of a result of biomechanical forces, which are kind of misaligned within the body. So I always like to think of the knee joint as it's stuck between the ankle and the hip. So it will only do what the hip allows it to do and the ankle kind of drives it to do. Um, so if you are, say, overpronating, so rolling in with your feet, you don't have very good footwear or you have flat feet, poor arches, and you're rolling inwards, that's going to mm. pull your whole leg inwards and put a stress on the inside of the knee. Likewise, if you have weak glutes or a hip issue for bursitis or something going on in the hip, then the control of what's happening lower down the leg and into the knee isn't going to be as good. So again, that knee joint kind of drives inwards. So that knee right in the middle is doing kind of just does what it's told from either end. So the majority of knee problems, I would say, which is probably the most common thing I see in relation to runners, is always coming from something happening at the ankle or something happening at the hip. Mm. Um, so, is that why people, is that why <laughs> the uninitiated might say, oh, running's bad for your knees, when really yeah. it's the other part. It, it, that just happens to be the fulcrum where everything's going on. Absolutely. It's like a like a train and a train tracks that kind of gets derailed a little bit. Um, so the biggest things are making sure that your ankle mobility is really good. So a lot of people are stiff in the ankle. So you want to make sure that you work on that a little bit. Uh, that the muscles around the knee, so your hamstrings and quads specifically, but also that tibialis anterior, which runs down the front of the shin bone that I talked about earlier, are mm -hmm. nice and strong. Um, and then also that your glutes and your bum are working properly as well. So everything happening in the lower limb, so in your leg, 
is controlled by your glutes. So they mm-hmm. decelerate and help shock absorb through the lower limb. So eight times your body weight goes through every leg when you're running. So we can all do the maths. You know, mm-hmm. some are lighter than others and some are not. So if you take eight times your body weight goes through that every step you take, we can absorb it. We're designed to run. That's fine. But if you have weak glutes, you have a history of low back pain, you've had disc problems, maybe some of the the nerves aren't firing as well as maybe they did once upon a time. We all sit in front of the computer working all the time. So these muscles become lazier. Um, Then those muscles aren't controlling what's happening in your legs quite so well. And then ensues hip pain, knee pain, hamstring pulls, IT band problems, things like that. Mm. So there are sort of, you've sort of like outlined a few sort of simple measures that people can do to avoid coming to see you, really. Yeah. I'm not trying to do you out of business or anything. but That's all right. I don't want people <laughs> to be in pain. I mean, if you run, you're probably going to have some issue at some point in time. But, mm. you know, <laughs> um, I think the biggest things I see preventatively for runners is that you have to be doing strength training of some description. Now, every runner, you go, okay, I want you to take a day out of your running and do some strength. And they go, yeah, yeah, but I'll just do another day's running. Um, especially for marathons, for the longer distance stuff, you have to be doing some strength. That could be in the gym. So heavier stuff. It could be Pilates, which is one of my favorite things in the world. Um, It doesn't have to be, it can be at home, simple exercises. It doesn't have to be necessarily working with a personal trainer, but it could be do, you know, lots of stuff. Um, But some sort of strength has to be in there to build a good core, strong glutes, strong Mm -hmm. hamstrings, quads, and keep all the muscles balanced to protect the joints for sure. I would imagine that, you know, a lot of people who've come to see you have um, tried other things, tried other, you know, sort of like going to the best friend in the world, paying to go and see somebody is a bit of a last resort if people have, you know, if they've had problems. Um, How much does sort of like early diagnosis help these sort of things? And how much does people Googling their problems and trying to self-diagnose what they've got, how much of a hindrance is that sometimes when they come and see you? The thing is, there's a lot of really good information out there. So I know that there's a lot of shtick about Googling your symptoms and that kind of stuff. But there's also a lot of really good information. So if you're getting information from a reputable source, um, in that sense, you know, either someone that has their own blog or some of the more medical sources and stuff, um, you know, there's a lot out there that you can maybe kind of diagnose, not necessarily diagnose yourself, but you can find self-help stuff and things to try at home. So that's, and you should always be so aware of your body that you should be willing, you know, and as runners, I think we are, that you are willing to try lots of different stuff like that. Um, Obviously, Instagrams can be a great place to reach out to professionals like myself. I'm always available to ask questions, just drop me messages, that kind of stuff, and I'll help as much as you can. Um, But I don't think you should necessarily shy away from trying to find out stuff by yourself on there. Um, 
and everyone's bodies are different. So it's important for people to um, to find out what works for them. So in saying that, seeing an osteopath or a physio or a chiropractor or something like that should never be seen as a last resort because what you can learn about your body and about running if you see the right person early on in a training routine or in a running journey can just pay dividends in the long run. Um, No pun intended, obviously. (laughs) Um, So... You know, I always recommend to people to get properly fitted for shoes at a reputable place um, early on in their running routines as well. Don't just buy anything willy nilly off the Internet. It's better to be properly fitted. And then if you get on with a certain make and a brand, you can then buy subsequent pairs online if it's not right so, don't fix it that's what you're saying <laughs> um because those are the sorts of things that do prevent injuries in the long run you know mm. if you're rolling inwards too much and you're over pronating or over supinating so that's rolling outwards then that puts extra strains on different areas of your ankles um calves knees and it could have just been as simple as getting the right shoes and you don't get any knee problems yeah you know, so I do think that we all love a bit of kit. Um, mm. Of course. <laughs> I was going to I was going to move on to this. You've done very well in um, sort of um, precipitating what the next thing I was going to ask, because yeah. what would you what would you suggest that if people, for injury prevention? What are the key bits of kit that people mm. should think of investing in? The first thing is the foam roller. Like it's worth every penny. We hate using them, but they really, really work. So a foam roller is key. It doesn't have to have all the spiky knobbly bits on there. Someone's just asked a soft or a hard one. Um, I kind of prefer the softer ones. It doesn't really matter. It kind of depends on how tight your body is. So Mm -hmm. some of the harder ones can be really painful. If you have a body type, that's a bit tighter muscles. Um, You don't have to have all the like spiky bits on it. That can be extra painful as well. The thing about a foam roller is that you just want the pressure and uh, compression through the muscles. Um, Other things are like the trigger point massage balls as well. So you can either you can use a tennis ball or you can get some on Amazon that are set to different kind of um, uh, like strengths. So different firm firmnesses of the Mm -hmm. balls. Um, and again, those work really well to get around into your shoulders, into your glutes, releasing the piriformis, which is in the glutes. And the I cut- like them under my feet. Yeah, rolling feet. it under my foot, sort of. And I got I got a plastic one from um, I got for decathlon. It was about four quid. Yeah, and just sort of like just roll. It's about the size of a tennis ball. It's like yeah. a little mini roller. Yeah, and just but roll even it if, under my feet. Absolutely, even if you have. Um, so for the feet, a golf ball works perfectly as well because it's a little bit firmer, a little bit smaller um, if people are golfers and have them laying around. Tennis balls work well as well. Mm. Um, so those are great. Some of the um, kind of big stretchy bands, so like a TheraBand works really well to help kind of stretch out hamstrings and stuff. So when I recommend stretching hamstrings, I like to I recommend to people to lay on the ground and 
put like a stretchy band or a belt or a towel or something around their foot and pull it towards you. So that like protects- a yoga belt or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, someone's just asked about massage guns, which seem to be the biggest, like hottest ticket at the moment. Um, and I don't know. I'm still not convinced personally. They, I think they give you a bit of instant relief in muscles, um, but I don't think they give you a lot of long-term release. Um, they're very expensive, even though the price of some of them is coming down. So I think that there's probably better ways, like just using more like the foam rollers and a, a better stretching routine for yourself um, is just as effective. Um I kind of, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not convinced. No. Is there anything else that's um, sort of like, you know, you think, oh, it's just a waste of money? I mean, we had, um, we've had uh, just to, not suggesting these are a waste of money, but we had a couple of um, people talking about a couple of injury things that are probably related about this on the the group during the week. Um, Amy Richards was looking for a, um, a knee support, something that was comfy and sturdy. I mean, I've heard reports that, Sometimes knee supports are a bit psychological and not a great thing to have. I mean, would, yeah. is that rubbish? <sighs> Again, the problem with the knee support is that one size, not one size, one type doesn't fit all. So you get a lot of people that are using like the tubey grip things that just go round and they're for a tendonitis. So they work really well to go just below the patella tendon on the kneecap. Um, but then other ones might be the big sleeve that you put around your knee or something like that. So depending on what your problem is, which again is why you would need it to be diagnosed properly, mm. different um, braces or different kind of um, things like that are going to work differently. So one of the things I love is taping. So rock tape and, mm. There's a lot of great videos. Um, I've got a few on my Instagram. Should probably do some more. Um, uh, but the Rock Tape channel on YouTube has tons of like videos to help you uh, learn how to do it yourself. Right. Um, and especially for the knee, it's pretty easy to like tape your own knee. So I find Rock Tape really great because it stimulates mm-hmm. the um, nervous system as well as giving you a little bit of support. So it's not like binding your your joint mm-hmm. into place, but it's giving a really good neurological feedback um, to your brain, which helps with pain and uh, muscle control and stuff as well. So I'm a big fan of that. Um, I hope, yeah, I hope Jade Cooper likes that because she was um, she asked about KT tape as well. So you've answered that. That's brilliant. Al, yeah, we've had a lot of interest and a lot yeah. of questions. Um, perhaps we could. We have, I just want to touch on KT, yeah. on rock tape and uh, KT tape. It works well unless you've got really hairy legs. <laughs> preventative measures of waxing and all sorts. And I've, I've got to say as well, it's great for joggers' nipple. I've never tried it there, but I've tried it on my knees and around my, my my thighs. And the trouble is, it just never sticks. I've had to shave and wax, and I've even bought industrial glue to try and stick it down. <laughs> but because I sweat buckets, ten minutes into the race, I'm it's flapping and it's going oh, everywhere. And I'm trying. I to must admit, my socks and yeah, it's given up. I went. It was that bad. I went and just did strength and conditioning to improve my knees. I thought that was that was the answer. <laughs> I'm happy with this case, so it was just too much fuss. So sorry. What was your question, Ian? 
I was saying you've got a load of questions. You're the man with the questions. Yeah, not we me. have we have got we got quite a few questions. Um, I'm going to start with JBS. He was first off the block. He's a regular um, he's a regular viewer, Monica. Yeah. Although we said we'll try not to uh, diagnose over the over the air. Um, he raises a point about supination, which I think quite often isn't really talked about a lot. There's lots of stuff around under uh, pronation and gait yeah. analysis and shoes. But supination is is less common. Is that right? And yeah, absolutely. ABS about what he can do and how to cope with it, particularly as it's given him, I think, uh, niggles on his inner right knee. Okay. So for other people that maybe don't know, so supination is where your ankles roll outwards. So like you just said, Al, a lot of people talk about pronation moving inwards, and that's because a lot of most of us have weaker. Um, um, uh, insoles, sorry, not insoles, arches and stuff, and we tend to roll inwards. But supinating is rolling outwards, which can put extra pressure on the outside of the tendons on the outside of your ankles and that kind of stuff. Um, one of the things that you can do to strengthen the uh, muscles in your foot is like, it's called a cherry picking exercise. And so this is good for probably all runners, but it works really well for those who are supinating, is that you try to basically, uh, like a tea towel or on the ground, you try to pick it up and scrunch it with your feet through your toes. And so then that helps strengthen, or you could also try to pick up like a pen or a pencil off the ground with your toes. And that really helps strengthen the um, small muscles in your foot. Um, to help support the arches and give you a little bit more kind of buoyancy amongst the uh, the bones in your foot. Um, the other thing that you can do as well is when you are over supinating, it tightens up the outside of the, um, the calf. And so you just want to stretch that a little bit more. So if you're stretching your foot, basically you want to bring your foot inwards um, with a band or something, and then that will help stretch the outside. They're called the muscles are called the peroneals, and that will help um, stretch them out a little bit to help just release the tension that's being pulled through there. Okay, thanks, that Monica and, and JBS. I'm one. I'm a supinator, so that was doubly helpful. I've got some tips <laughs> there. Thank you. Next question: um, This Facebook user has remained anonymous. I think they're just not logged in. Um, inflammatory arthritis and running. Um, what do you suggest to kind of if they're getting flare ups mid training plan? Is there any any useful tips? Any? Um, ooh, that's a good one. Um, I'm not sure. I would say one of my kind of go tos with anything where if you're having a big flare up is probably not is not to do as much. So don't stop completely because you want to make sure that you're obviously maintaining some of your fitness and everything, but you want to make sure that the blood flow is still going to your joints and that kind of stuff. Um, rely a bit more on ice packs or cold showers and all the kind of cold therapy, which helps bring down the inflammation in the joints that are becoming inflamed. Um, there's things you can take like um, turmeric tap. Uh, capsules and stuff as well which is a, a potent anti-inflammatory um that's more of an all the time kind of thing as opposed to necessarily when you're having a flare-up but there are some other kind of like you know dietary stuff that can help just inflammation overall but when you are having a flare-up i wouldn't necessarily say stop completely but definitely strip back a bit lower the just, intensity. Yeah. yeah lower the intensity and 
rely on the cold therapy stuff, ice packs, cold showers, baths, ice baths, cold water swimming, which I love. Okay, which swimming, that leads us seamlessly, as if we've rehearsed this, into a question from a a certain Chris Ford. I don't know who he is. (laughs) I've never heard of him. Wants to know, is swimming a good alternative or a, a complementary thing for strength and conditioning, which we've already spoken about? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things I think that's kind of ignored a bit is how complementary different exercises can be in training routines. And if you look at all professional athletes, they are continuously doing stuff outside of their own sport because you could be the best runner in the world, but you get in a pool and you swim and your breathing is completely different. Um, It's the same as if you're training in different temperatures or humidities and things like that. The way that your body... um, reacts during different uh conditions will help it be more aerobically competent in all conditions um so you know if you're swimming is excellent and i find i've kind of gotten back into swimming personally last autumn i do cold water swimming now which is fantastic and amazing and because of the how different the breathing is with that it's made my breathing during running far more efficient. And that's just an anecdotal thing for me in my own personal routine. But it's been quite surprising at how much better my breathing is in that, you know, for running. So definitely mix it all up, do different stuff, do different aerobic activities, because it's all going to make the running better for sure. It makes for better rounded package doesn't it yeah absolutely yeah okay for sure so so last question uh yeah. from john um and again it kind of falls into that dr google category but he's been <laughs> having some clicking in his right ankle he's discovered air bubbles possibly could it be anything else what else should he be considering clicking and air bubbles um loud clicking noise in his right ankle a lot. I mean, it's hard to say, obviously. Um, ankles can be very clicky. And I know that's not a very good answer. And, you know, kind of. Ask John, are you old? Cause... <laughs> <laughs> it can, be, old it can be arthritic changes. It can be just the joint getting a bit jammed up. Um, it could be some scar tissue if there's been any old injuries there either sprained ankles or... Um, so we need uh, to find out a little bit more about his case. Yeah, it's kind of difficult to say. But the one thing I would say is that joints can be clicky. It's not necessarily a, um, a, a, a thing to be concerned about. It's if it changes, becomes painful, anything like that, that's when it kind of gets a bit more. And then... Um, Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We touched on massage guns, but sports massage generally during training plans, mid-marathon Excellent. Yeah, that thumbs up for those. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. for those um, listening on um, Spotify, up. that was a thumbs up from Monica. Yeah. <laughs> so, n- not just because it's my business, but <laughs> it's possibly one of the best things you can do mixed into your training routines. Um, whether you're doing lots of ten k's, you're doing half marathons, especially marathons. Um, it's the one thing that helps just kind of iron out all the kinks in your body, which takes the pressure off of joints. It keeps things supple. It keeps you springier so you can absorb all the shock that's coming through your body through running. Um, and it's just so, so important. You don't have to do it all the time, but I would say during a marathon training program, I would say if you get in once every maybe six weeks or something like that if you can afford it a little bit more but you know it has to be in there somewhere because if you don't prioritize that then something else will crop up i guarantee it i think we've covered most of the uh major joints and muscle groups there in those questions so amazing yeah absolutely i mean when it comes to sort of in in um just in a way to wind up monica if yeah with regard to injury prevention what sort of what would be your your greatest hit your one piece of big advice to people to try and avoid ending up on the bench um some sort of mobility strength and mobility training um like i said earlier i love pilates a lot of people love yoga It can be a personal thing, but you have to have suppleness and strength in your body um, and you have to take the load off of your joints. So you have to be stretching. You have to keep mobile and supple and that will help, you know, prevent everything else from creeping in. Well, Monica, thanks very much for coming on and um, helping us out. Hopefully we can have you on again and we can, you know, people can have the opportunity to uh, quiz you more. And, um, yeah, if you've got, um, you know, if you've got your questions, you know, if we didn't get around to yours or if you have a question, you know, just email us at um, longrunshow at gmail.com, you know, and we'll pass on. And before you go, Monica, can you just um, tell people um, where they can get you on their social and, um, yeah, you know, or if they want to come and see you if you're in the Hertfordshire area? Yeah, absolutely. I've got a clinic in Broxbourne, Hoddesdon, um, where you can come and see me in person. I'm on Instagram at MFB Osteo. So you can drop me a message anytime if you have any questions. Um, Facebook as well, same, MFB Osteo. That's great. Well, thanks ever so much for joining us, Monica. I hope it, I found it 
enlightening and very helpful. And I hope that everybody else did as well. So thanks ever so much for your time. Thanks Appreciate for you very me. busy yeah. with people with runner's knee and IT band <laughs> syndrome and uh, shin splints and stuff like that. So thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and join us this week anyway. Thank you very much. It was an absolute pleasure having you. Bye. Well, that was good, wasn't it, Al? Wasn't that enlightening? It was. No, it's really good to, I think sometimes just to hear that we all suffer from the same things. So, uh, you know, when you're faced with that injury, you think, my God, how am I going to get through this? But actually, you know, it's common, but then there's, there's solutions, um, whether it be kind of medical or, or, or self, self-diagnosed, self you can get through it with, you know, a sensible approach. Bit of massage, bit of recovery, bit of strength and conditioning seems to be the cure for many of the ills. We seem to have lost Wilco. We've lost him, haven't we, I think, there. Yeah. Where do you reckon he's gone, Si? Oh, no, he's back, he's back. Is he there? Yeah, he's back. Is it me? Sorry. Sorry about that, folks. Streamline, you see. No Toby and the whole place goes to pot. So I'm That's sorry, mate. I was just saying that um, I don't know if you did answer or he did. I think I did. It kind of waffled no, a bit. But yeah, he, did, no. he, he did answer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you say, I think there's a lot of a uh, lot of information there, isn't there, that she gave there. It's very good. But you haven't had any issues yourself? Well, not recently. I did a, a while back. I think I had a, the issue where a bit of overuse, which meant mm. I started to get a bit of tendonitis in one of my ankles, which was. Um, give me a bit of issue. I don't know if that might have been to do with shoes as well. And it seems to a combination of le- building up slowly and better shoes as it seems to have gone away. Yeah. I mean, we was talking about, um, Al, you were t- to change the subject a little bit. We were talking about, you know, you just started to pick up your marathon training because you're doing Brighton, aren't you? So that's pretty early. It's nine weeks away. I think might even be less than that. I'm afraid. Yeah. yeah. So no, so it's funny you should say that I've, I, I have stepped up the miles. This is the first week I probably haven't stuck to the 10% rule of kind of slowly building. And today it was just going through my mind going, I've, my, I'm just feeding it this week for mm-hmm. the first time. And I think that's just, you know, proof is in the pudding there that uh, I've gone a little bit too hard, a little bit too long. Was that due to, um, was that due to um, thinking, Oh God! It's only nine weeks to go, yeah, and I haven't def- done much. Trying to jump bit, up, trying to jump up to the next. A bit of panic going on there, yeah. trying to catch up. Um, yeah. But we'll see. You know, um, it's four weeks into doing thirty miles regularly, but the quality's not been really where mm. I'd like it to be. So, won't call them junk miles, but um, I do recognise that the next four weeks are pretty critical in getting some good runs in particularly tempo runs and a bit more speed work. Um, you know, you can always go out and add a couple of extra miles onto your long, slow run. But if you've missed your tempo, if you've missed your speed work, you kind of, you're then stuck. What one do I go? Where do I go? So, um, yeah, quality. And practice what you open. preach to all those nice folks in Essex during the week, mate. In what? Sorry, say that again? Practice what you preach to all those nice folks that you help along on a, yeah. on a Tuesday and Wednesday night in Essex. That's half the battle, isn't it? Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Was, yeah, absolutely. Um, just before I bring Simon in onto his um, how his marathon training is going. Thanks very much to JBS for his uh, super chat. Thanks ever so much for supporting us, mate. That was lovely. Now, Simon, I wanted to have a chat because um, I didn't bring you in Go on this hour as well because myself and Simon we are doing Edinburgh. Now, sixteen weeks from Edinburgh is on um, 
my plan actually starts on Monday. So Monday is day one of the 112 day plan. But Simon, you've been doing a race, but you've been you've been going a bit earlier, haven't you? You've been a yeah, few weeks in. I would say, well, I've done four weeks now. So this will be the end of the fifth week this week. So I started a little while back. But um, yeah, just I just wanted to build it up a bit slower and then also allow for, there might be the odd weeks where there's races and you might have a, a less of a mileage week that week just to slowly build up. And obviously the might get a bit of an injury and have to take a bit of a down week throughout the the um, program, the plan mm. and that. What do you think of that, out as a strategy? I, I think it's very sensible. You know, from a, a technical point of view, when you're going through the coaching badges and everything else, we're kind of to- constantly t- taught to kind of think in mesocycles, which is that eight-week period. Uh, and there's a lot of science behind, you know, why it's eight weeks and not other and it's not a coincidence that 12-week plans and 16-week plans kind of tie into that. Mm. Um, but actually then having a, a longer lead-in, as Simon says, just allows for life to get in the way. You know, you you know, depending on when you're training, if it's an autumn marathon, you might have a summer holiday where you're just, you know, with your family and you just want to take it easy. If you're doing a spring marathon, you know, Christmas and the New Year can be really horrible just in terms of fitting it in or weather. So having a little bit of flex, I don't think, you know, does any harm. And as I said, I started late and I'm trying to catch up. And I do fear that there's always a risk that you push it too hard. And, uh, you know, you hit Yeah, and you probably don't want to do it the other way around, do you? No, so no. probably going slow and consistent is, is better than going too late and too fast and too hard. Yeah, that, that's what I do. I didn't want to rush it and then end up getting injured like six weeks in and then having to take three weeks off or... Something Has like that, that happened before? Because this isn't your Edinburgh's not your first marathon, is it? Is, that, is this from bitter experience or not? Not particularly. I just wanted to try to give a better chance for a bit more time because I knew like I had a few races in between where then weeks were going to be lesser weeks. Like next week we got the winter run on the Sunday, so I was planning probably not to do as long a run next week. Mm. But I'm going for a long run tomorrow, but next Saturday, the day before the winter run, I not going to be going for a long run so just to balance it out really sort of thing what about our sort of like organizing your training plan around particular events i mean i've got you know i've got i like to do a couple of perhaps a couple of half marathons in each training block you know actually arranging your runs around those do you think that's a you know good way uh, to go so so what, when i'm when i'm talking to clients you know we start with the plan um couple of things it is just a guidance it's not regimented we're not elite athletes you know we're not we shouldn't be punishing ourselves if you're missing sessions i then look at your preferred race schedule and kind of make adjustments whether that's recognizing that the week's not going to quite work or start to mix some of the days up so you know if you are running on a on a saturday and it's going to be you know you're chasing a, a target time that might be your tempo run that you might have done early on in the week so mm. be prepared to kind of flex it by moving stuff around because I think what you don't want to do is just get so fixated on the training plan that you forget that we do this for fun and actually mm. race day it's a chance to test yourself absolutely but also there's all the added benefits of just being part of that community you know being with your mates having a good day out you know traveling perhaps somewhere you haven't traveled before and that's all part of it. So there's that kind of mental 
um, benefits that comes from, from yeah. There's a difference a between there's a difference between a race and an event, isn't there? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And if, and if you haven't got any of those, I'd say go out and actually find a couple because mm. it you know 18 weeks or 16 weeks or 13 weeks can be a long, long slog. Yeah, so definitely look, breaks look it up as well, doesn't it? Break it up and but yeah. be, be sensible. You know, don't try and chase those missing miles. Just flex the plan accordingly. Yeah, Simon, when, when we had you on last time, we didn't really have a chance to talk about, you know, how you got into running and your running journey. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about your story? Well, it, I suppose it started back, I, I used to do running at school, just like, you know, the athletics and the cross country and stuff, and then left school, didn't do anything for years and years, but moved, moved, um, and then I thought I'm going to start getting back into running. Started off with a 5k. The next day I was in bits nearly. Could barely walk down the stairs, but I thought, well, I'm going to keep it up. Kept going and slowly increased it. And then I did a 10k. And then, well, COVID came. So I didn't really actually get to do any races. Eventually, obviously, come out of that and uh, got into a couple of races. And the first one I did was, I think, the... I think it was the London Landmarks, I think, the first mm. one. Uh, what were you, well, that would have been 2020, I believe. Was it 2020? Yeah. Might have been 2020. So it was the first one I'd done, done that. And um, then just went from there, really. Just carried on doing it. Got and how did you get involved with the club then? Oh, that was through Run Snowden, running up the mountain, that was, basically, <laughs> by uh, my missus. So, so it's her fault. Uh, well... Kind of, yeah, I suppose, yeah. So, okay, like uh, for those who didn't know, you know, Alan was a gallant um, Snowdenier, and um, that was the first run up the mountain that um, was done by the group. And uh, when was that? Al? When did you go? Back end of October. Back end of October. Oh, so yeah. cool! You are a newbie then. So, how did you hear about all that? And how did you, you know, sign up? So, hello. Oh, sorry, yeah. How did, right, I, how did I hear about it? Well, I think, uh, like I say, my missus, she see a, a, a post. It was on a, the Fordy's Facebook group. And she said about, oh, why don't you fancy doing this or something? So I contacted Chris, booked onto it. And then... Um, so she volunteered you. She didn't fancy it herself. Oh, no, definitely not. No, definitely not. Not at all. Right, how are you going to pay her back? What, what's your plans? You kind of... She's got you running up mountains. I don't know. Well, I don't think I could. Just, I think I've got to be careful here because uh, she's allowed me to do quite a few races. Anything you want edited out, we can do that post post production. Post production. Yeah. (laughs) No, yes, no. She's been good with letting me do a lot of races, so I can't really get her back uh, too much. And how did you find that then, going up the largest mountain in Wales? It was tough. I'm not going to lie. Probably lack of preparation didn't help. But uh, it was it was tough, harder than expected. Got there in the end, though. Got to the top. Some bits were uh, trickier than others. A lot of a uh, lot of running, a few bits of walking. But we got there in the end. And um, are you going to do Ben Nevis? I'm already signed up. Yeah, oh boy, <laughs> you can do it for me. Best of luck. Yeah. Why, why aren't you signing up, Wilco? To be honest, oh, I, 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 difficulties getting weekends off and friends. The, knees, the week apparently. after the Great North Run and. Yeah, it, it, my calendar won't allow for it, unfortunately. 
you could just stay up there for the Great North Run and just pop, pop, pop there. Yeah, but unfortunately, I have to go to work and all that sort of rubbish, you know. Work remote That's trouble. I'd love to, working. mate. Honestly, I'd love to. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. But, um, Andrew, it's a good news today that you were one of the lucky folks who got a place in the uh, ballot for the Royal Parks half. Yeah, yeah, I did actually. Yeah, I managed to. Uh, I was quite surprised, to be honest. Putting the ballot. I think everybody's always surprised when they get a place in a ballot. Yeah, didn't uh, didn't think that I'd uh, get much out of it when I put put the ballot in, but yeah, it popped up on the old email. So I've uh, paid my uh, fifty nine pound, I believe, and uh, I'll be there in uh, October. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't make the cut. No, which is a bit of a shame. I mean, how how do you think that you can cope? You know, how how would you um, what would you say to people who um, would have set their art on these sort of eighties and? they don't get the nod. You know, what's the best way of coping with ballot rejection, do you think? It's always hard, particularly, you know, a lot of the big races, as I said at my my start, kind of are influenced and informed by charities and and wanting to to do some good stuff and raise money for good causes. Um, What I'd say, there's loads of races out there. Whilst it's it's nice to be part of the the big events, um, they're not always what they're cracked up to be. I know there were some comments this year about some of the organisation being better than it could have been um, mm. for Royal Parks. So look for some of the some. There's some really good regional races um, quite often on the same day. You know, race organisers know there'll be lots of disappointed people, uh, and there'll be opportunities to go out and find good local regional races that um, won't cost as much, won't cost the earth, but will still give you a good good experience you know you can still get some and good you, you, get, you can still get the opportunity to test yourself at a distance or alternatively Absolutely. if you want to go and raise some money for a charity then um, approach them and see if you can get a place via that and you can raise well, some money that's, i mean well that's what i had to do we'll go for the london landmarks this year i didn't get a place in the ballot and managed to get a place through the tommy's charity so yeah i mean tommy's do loads of places with tommy's that if you fancy doing the london landmarks but like al says you know, there's more than just the big races in London. Mm. If you want to test yourself at a half marathon or a marathon distance, then there are plenty of opportunities that you can do. So um, try not to be too despondent and think, you know, there are alternatives or, you know, or volunteer. That's one of the things I didn't get in the landmark. So I've signed up to um, to join Paula's squad dishing out the finishers bag. So yeah, I'm really if, looking forward to that. If you want to go value for money, volunteer. You know, if you're running the half and you're doing it in two, two and a quarter, two and a half hours, you can volunteer for five. So you get mm. twice as much value twice for money. Twice as oh, much stuff. Even paid. Better and your legs won't ache as much. And you, and you, yeah. And you yeah. don't have to do the training. It sounds like that's the way to go. Talk to Mel. Yeah, we're talking people out of this now, though, aren't we? We are supposed to be a running thing. I was going to say, you meant to be encouraging running, didn't you? <laughs> We don't do it. We don't do it. We are, we are unconventional. Sorry, that's that's what we are as a podcast. Don't play yeah, by um, the rules. I see. I see the fat runners just sent a note saying that um, there's so many local events near me in Essex. I've gone for the London ballot because London Marathon ballot. We'll hear in the next couple of weeks that we haven't got a place. And um, and he says, but he'll do Chelmsford when he gets his rejection email. So there's one there if you want to go and do it. I mean, I've, I'm. You know, I've got. I'm fortunate enough that I got in the ballot for a place in uh, Dublin, so I've got an October marathon that I'm going to do. So, um, mm. but I really wouldn't. You know, there are other other options available if you don't make a cut. So don't get too despondent about it. And uh, cheers, Fletcher. Yeah. 
you really can't. It is pretty priceless getting a medal from me. So uh, I hope you make the most of um, the opportunity. Um, now, last time Simon was on, he didn't do our lightning round, did he? I don't know how we managed to let that slip through the net. So, I think we yeah. were giddy with festive cheer. Was it? Was a bit, it, was. it was Christmas. He was a bit excited, the period. Was it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry, we've got the lightning round. It's a bit special. So roll the titles. I better leave you to it, Al. Yeah, roll the titles. Welcome back, Sai. This is like Mastermind, but without the difficult questions, because you do know the answers, trust me. So I'm going to fire questions at you, and I just want quick as response as possible. So, bucket list race? Uh, London. What, the marathon, I take it? Yeah, London, yeah, marathon. Pre-race breakfast? Uh, crumpets. With any toppings? No, just butter. Okay, favourite distance? I'd probably say half marathon. Yeah, pretty standard. Favourite long run fuel? Tailwind. Cool. Favourite brand of running shoes? Uh, I've been converted to Skechers. Yes, I know you have. Ketchup or brown sauce? Brown sauce. Summer or winter training? Probably winter. Okay. Road or trail races? Road. Road. Your one song playlist? Uh, Faithless Insomnia. Oh, good one. And final question, VW Caravel or a Mercedes Vito? I know you like your vans. Oh, VW, you know I've got the VW van, don't you? So, Excellent. So, yeah. Well done, Si. You passed the test. Roll the titles, please. I think that's the quickest lightning round we've had. I'm getting used to it after 33 yeah, episodes. Yeah, you got it nailed. I've all written down in my book. And I've even gone out now and invested in the same colour pen. So I'm oh, kind of really up in the game. Pro. You thought you'd have got a pink one, wouldn't you? But never mind. I'd have um, thought you'd yeah, memorise the questions by now. I've got about an eight-minute mix of um, Insomnia by Faithless on my list. And it's great when you're sort of like getting towards the last kilometre and you think, oh, great, this will get me home. Yeah. So uh, How many songs brilliant. to the finish? How many times have we done that? How many songs to the finish? Yeah. <laughs> it's hard stuff, isn't it? Yes. Anyway... Um, before we go, I wanted to um, congratulate Ben Beard this week, um, who posted on the uh, post that he um, went up to Oakland's Park Run, where you went out the other week when you went up to the NEC for the running show, and he finished first. Yes, I saw that. Now, I know, yeah, it's not a race and all that, and it goes against the ethos of Park Run, the thing. But I'm personally of the point of view that, I think that that's something that um, that's an achievement and it should be celebrated. How do we stand on this? No, I, I met him. So I, I, th- I think that's his regular park run, Ben. Um, and I think he's watched a couple of these episodes. That's, um, that's how he came across and had a chat with me when we was doing the Oakland's park run just before the NEC. Um, and yeah, no, absolutely. You know, you're a sports journalist, Wilco. You know, you can only beat what's in front of you, can't you? <laughs> and, and it doesn't really matter to go out there. And I can't remember his time, but it was 20.09. It was pretty sharp. I thought it was pretty close to a sub 20. Mm. Anyone that can get close to that deserves a bit of glory. And, you know, to come home first. And I know we've got others getting close. Michael Wilkes down in South End, he's always pushing a top 10. I think I got into the top 20 once because no one turned up at my local park run, but you can only beat what's in front of you. But, you know, hats off to Ben. In line with um, 
Our discussion last week about Deep Bay, Tasmania, and my former next-door neighbour, he was in Australia. He was in Tasmania and did a park run and finished first of 26 or something like that. So yeah. that was um, that's something that he'll take to his grave as a great um, achievement as well. well. Whilst we can't all be Ben and we can't all run as fast as Ben, you know, we probably haven't talked about this enough, but the beauty of park run is that good for age or the grading for age. So wherever you come, if you get that token and it says you're 357th, you can always go back and look, um, am I improving? Am I getting better? Mm. Where do I sit in my age category? Where do I sit in my gender? So there's always a chance for you to kind of you know get a good takeaway from, from I don't think life. you have to be obsessed with your times but I do see there's some people I know who do part run it oh yeah they don't they don't subscribe they don't have a barcode they just go and do the run which is fine but I do think that sometimes you do miss a little bit of that development and seeing how how you're going and Without being too competitive about it, it is nice to know how you're doing, I think. What do you reckon? Well, that's how I use parkrun. Well, there's two elements. At the moment, doing a lot of parkrun tourism. So getting out to run in different places and run with different parts of our community. Hence, met Ben a couple of weeks ago, which we wouldn't have done if we hadn't done the old tourism. But I think you're right, Wilco. It is a, it is a chance for you to benchmark and test yourself and just see how some of your training's going over the shorter distances. So it's it's very accessible in that in that way. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to go out and benchmark your marathon pace um, over a marathon distance because most of us haven't got many marathons in us in a year. So that's hard to do. But five k park run is absolutely achievable and absolutely mm-hmm. accessible. So yeah, it is a good way just to get out. Do you agree with that, Simon? Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's like you say, it's easy, accessible, and you like obviously it doesn't take up too much time, does it? You can get down there do your 5k, see how you're getting on with your training and then you're back home, aren't you? So and you if you want to do, if you've got, if you're doing your plan and you want to, and you need a tempo or a speed session to do it, do it on a Saturday morning at nine o'clock. You know, it's an ideal thing that you can, it's an ideal thing to chalk up every week, right? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do my, that's when I'm going to do my faster stuff. Absolutely. Oh, you know, you, you know, it's 5k, you can go out and you can do progression. So run the first k, relatively easy and slowly build up and make sure you hit that last K, you know, at, at tempo pace, or you can kind of build intervals in, so mix it up, go fast, ease it off, go fast again, ease it off, treat it like a fartlek. So there's lots of things you can do to play with a 5K park run that uh, ticks off some of those other um, training training options, definitely. So what are we up to this weekend? Well, tomorrow morning I'm actually... Uh... Park running at Gunpowder. Oh, me too. In the, mor- in the morning, but then after that, I've got a thirteen-mile run back to Toby's house because I'm doing it with Toby tomorrow. Oh yeah, are you going to do yeah. park run with Toby? Are you going to keep up with Dragon? No. Is I'm he going to keep the- up with you? Uh, probably. Yeah. Oh, so, he's been in France all week though. He's been eating all week as well. They eat a lot. You know, they- you don't, you don't, you're not. In- Lunchtime in France is not a sandwich, you know. It's a five course dinner, so you're. No, exactly. You know, this is the week to beat him. This is the week to beat him, Si. That's yeah. the thing. So, park run first, and then from there, back up, back to his. Oh, that'd be all right then. The stars yeah. are aligned, though, mate. I can tell. Al, what are you up to? Well, <clears throat> I might be coming to Gunpowder as well tomorrow. Oh, we're all going to Gunpowder. I know it's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? We're all, you know, wait, wait, and then the three come along all at once. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I'll probably do a bit of a long run on Sunday, but more importantly, I've snapped up a bargain on uh, Facebook Marketplace for a second-hand 
Garmin Phoenix 5. So I'm not going for the 890 pound version. I'm going to test myself slowly with a with a with a older version. So I don't inch your way in. So inch my way in. That'll mean Sunday I'm just pressing buttons because I won't read. Really <laughs> I know what you're doing. As long as you pick one foot in front of the other, that'll be right, mate. So, yeah, so I'm going to make the hat trick. I'll be make, hopefully making my debut at Gunpowder if I manage to get out of bed tomorrow morning. And um, then Sunday... Then. It's your first time at Gunpowder. Pardon? It'll be a PB for you if it's first yeah, time Yeah, of course, PB at Gunpowder tomorrow, yeah. hopefully, if I can get there on time. Yeah. And Sunday, big event Sunday. It's the first half marathon of the year. Probably one of the big, one of the first decent-sized half marathons a year well at Watford. So um plenty of Watford forties, Donna and Kaz and Petra and the Hollands and loads of others are going to be there doing that. Petra's pacing two twenty. So the way that my training's going, you know, having broke two hours, I think, you know, I might be jogging along with her for a little while. That might um that might suit me in the opening stages. So I'll have a chat with her. Um so I'm really looking forward to that. Cashabury Park, that'll be a great day. Um I think there's a half as well. Dorney on Sunday as well. I've got one of my chumps for forties. Kieran's running that. So then, if anyone else is heading out to Dorney, not sure what the weather's forecast is for for Sunday. But Sunday's not great. It can be a little bit tasty down at Dorney when the wind blows. Oh, so, well, you look after yourself. Hopefully, you'll be here next week, and we can hear about it. Hopefully, Chris will be here next week as well. Yes, fingers crossed. Mm. Send his best wishes to everybody. Um, thank you very much for joining us. Cheers, Cy. Thanks for no worries for joining us. Been enjoyable. Mate. It was always lovely to have you on, mate. Thanks very much again to Monica Blackburn. I hope that her, I'm well, I know that her advice was excellent. Um, and I hope that you got plenty out of it and thank her. And we thank her again for uh, joining us as well. If you're not able to be with us at seven o'clock on a Friday on YouTube or Facebook, then remember you can download us on um, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, your um, podcast provider of choice. And um, you can have us ringing in your ears as you're doing your long run at the weekend. So thanks ever so much for joining us again. We shall see you next week. So please run the titles. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. 